Greetings, friends. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief introduction before today's awesome episode. Guys, it's official. The Film Alchemist are on Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. It's the absolute best way you can help support the show. Show us some love. For as little as a dollar a month, you can join our community over there. At higher tiers, you can begin to select the specific movies you want us to cover as episodes in our patron-exclusive library over there. Uh, so lots of fun stuff, guys. We're working very hard to earn your money over there. We uh, have a lot of new stuff that we're working on that we're very excited for coming out soon. For those of you who are patrons, thank you. For those of you who are about to be, thank you as well. Make sure you leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show. That's the cheapest, easiest way to help the show out. A uh, couple sentences, five-star review helps us out enormously. Thank you. We appreciate it when we see those. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com or find us on all the social media you're on. You can go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel there, Film Alchemist. You can find video versions of most of our podcasts there, along with some cool new stuff we have rolling out hopefully soon. Uh, all right, guys, enough business. Today was a very exciting day this weekend. Netflix dropped the first of their Fear Street trilogy. If you are in a similar age group as me and probably everyone after me, R.L. Stein was a major part of our growing up, right? I remember when the Goosebumps books dropped vividly. They were so popular that you had to just write your name on a list and you would just get whatever Goosebumps book became available. We couldn't even request specific ones. That's how crazy they were. And as we aged, uh, R.L. Stein gave us some uh, teen whore too with Fear Street. I used to love the Fear Street books as well. So the trilogy was exciting already, but I like this idea that Netflix is trying to create a social event for all of us moviegoers. One movie every Friday. So this month through July, we are going to cover each of the Fear Street movies as they are released. Today, we were joined by our friend, uh, writer, director uh, of I Trap the Devil fame, another amazing movie you should check out, I Trap the Devil. Director, writer, Josh Lobo, a really good friend of ours. We love him so much. An amazingly interesting, smart, insightful guy. We always are glad when he makes the time for us. So Josh came and we, we kind of gushed about what we love about Fear Street. We talked a little bit about this Netflix model and the future of how we're going to start getting our movies. Um, but overall, I think we all just had a really fun time watching this. So this will be the first of the three movies, the first of the three pods. Now, remember, guys, we're also doing time travel. And if you're a patron, we still have two patron exclusives, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and uh, Killer Joe coming out this month. So lots of awesome stuff, guys. Stay up on the movies. More than anything, thank you for spending time with us. I hope you enjoy our discussion on Fear Street 1994. I know you'll enjoy that we had the amazing Josh Lobo with us. Yeah, my experience with Fear Street was a funny one because... I will say for probably about the first 20 minutes, I was completely unsold. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I dug 100%. the energy. The needle drops were fun and that me and my wife were like, hey, remember this? Hey, remember? But they were doing so many needle drops. They would interrupt the previous needle drop to add a new song. Like they literally <laughs> did the, the gun to the head, right? Don't you know I'm loco? 
And I was like, hell yeah, I'm vibing the song. And then they interrupt that to go straight to Radiohead Creep. I'm like, our needle drops are coming so fast. It's every 20 seconds. We kind of get the scream opening. And I was just, it felt very kind of rehashed. But then the movie just opens up and became this whole other fucking awesome thing that I, I really enjoyed by the end. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you hit us with your opening thoughts on Fear Street? You know, I, I really... It's just like one of those movies that I've been looking forward to for a while. Uh, I, I always just sort of keep up with when studios are doing some weird shit. And, like, I think Fox's original, like, release plan for these movies. Because ori- originally, before Netflix was scalping over fox's dead body uh (laughs) you know their plan was to like release these three movies back to back in theaters like one a month for an entire summer and like that sounds fucking great and like i i still like as i was watching this i was like fuck i wish i was watching this in a theater but like i've been looking forward i actually thought the exact opposite yeah same (laughs) because i honestly i think so many more people are going to watch it now I don't think this movie's going to be the draw that people would have gone out of their way to not see Fast and the Furious 15 or whatever and watch this movie. So I think right now, like, do you guys remember when they did the After Dark uh, Horror Festival? I do. So that was, like, one of the coolest things ever, right? I remember, but they all were in one weekend. And you're like, it's really fucked. Well, a couple of them, the one that had the kid from the Sandlot Dark Ride. (laughs) Was okay. <laughs> they weren't spectacular for the most part. But I was like, that's a fucking lot. I'm in college. I have drinking schedules and homework and shit. Like, I can't fucking do eight movies right now. <laughs> it was inconvenient for me. And I think they yeah. did it a second year and it faded out. But what I like is that I think Shudder is the only one that's kind of got the the social streaming aspect, right, of how how you can really capture and galvanize an audience. And I think stuff like this is a really cool experiment to see if we can bring some of that that kind of kindred group of moviegoers back that I feel like we've just completely lost over the last 20 years at AMCs or wherever the fuck we're watching movies. Alex, what did you make of this? What, what, you what was like, that? You mean like prestige television? Something yeah, coming out I mean, week to week to week? And then I mean, honestly, it? the last show I was watching like that was Thrones. And it, you know, it could only let us down in the end. And it did. And we put Thrones away. We buried it like our fucking, you know, we find out our uncle was like a pedophile and you put him away. Like, no, Uncle Barry never existed. We buried it like a terrible secret in the town. That's what happened to Game of Thrones, man. So I think there is an opportunity here, though, that I'm hoping Netflix will capture. The weird thing is I feel like no one I know who's not in the horror movie community has ever even heard of this thing. So that's kind of the problem. Alex, what did you make of this this, uh, possible gathering of online streaming audience my experience was actually the opposite of you guys i thought it started exceptionally well like yeah because here's why (laughs) you like the the vh1 portion (laughs) i well the needle drops or whatever like i agree like there's just one on top of another i'm like i heard that song and that song i remember that song and like my wife and i were watching i was like oh yeah that was cool like i I don't think I ever read Fear Street. I read, I read Goosebumps mostly. I never read Fear Street. Um, yeah. But it hits all the notes. And, like, I think, one, like, it's grabbing anybody for nostalgic purposes just because it's the 90s. Um, but also, if you read Fear Street, it's going to take you at least somewhat to that moment. <laughs> um, I, I actually, like, the beginning was good. And then just I actually thought the ending, like, other than the 
but other than the supermarket stuff, which we'll get to, like that movie is 35 minutes too long. I was just like, why am I really? still watching this? No, what? No. No. It didn't, well, so it didn't work for you? It it worked for me to a point. Like, I loved the supermarket stuff. That stuff was awesome. Like, I had a great time. There is just a stretch in there. There's a stretch in there. I was just like, what is happening? And why are we? Like, <laughs> I, I felt like I was just like, I feel like I'm watching a repeat of the same scene twice. And I like, I thought the second one was much more interesting. And like, it just, it does, like, there's a, there's just this like lengthening feeling that I had throughout the ending of the moon. It's like, this is going on for a long time. Like, yeah. this could be compressed very easily. I definitely like the end. And, and and I I don't want to let's, let's talk about the ending a little bit later. Let's warm up with the beginning. Yeah, spoilers, all spoilers. I'll put that. I in didn't the spoil shit. No, I'm. We'll saying... talk about the ending later. <laughs> if you made I've, it this I've... far, spoilers for sure. I do feel like this movie had fluff in it, right? But I think a lot of the fluff was simply setting us up for the next two, right? So I think they were doing a little of that extra world building work that if this was a standalone movie, they wouldn't have done. But honestly, I didn't. I didn't feel like it dragged at all. I, I, you know, I was really it. So I, I did this like weird thing where I like buy or I like rent or I, I download whatever fucking today the sound the scores for things and I'll usually listen to them like the day or the day before or whatever. And I heard uh, Marco Beltrami did the score to this and I was like, oh okay, cool, like you know, scream. And then I listened to the score and I was like, oh shit, this is like the scream score, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the, it, there's the opening scene and i was just like oh no like let's not just eat. i mean it's cool it looked cool uh i like that i somehow like i just like missed that maya hawk was as like famous as drew barrymore in scream so when they kill her i'm just like yeah it's that girl from strange one season of stranger things mm -hmm. right and and i was like okay that's that's neat like it, you know it would have been like she's gr she's great i just they try to do that, like, oh, wow, we killed the lead in the first, yeah. you know. But, like, I just don't know if she's, like, famous enough for that. Like, I don't know, yeah. Well, according to the other trailers, <laughs> I think uh, they're going to kill one or two Stranger Things kids per movie. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the they're rolling yeah. out of that. I was, I, was, I, was wait, I was actually, like, Millie Bobby Brown's going to show up and get fucking wrecked. I she'll, know She'll it. be the witch in the third one or something. Yeah, no, do the full Stranger thing. <laughs> She's, she's she's in Godzilla now. She's yeah. She got stopping. that Godzilla money, dude. But no, I mean, I yeah. think there is because this. I honestly thought when I was watching this, right? Because I was like, oh, the killer's the insanely creepy kid who works at the fucking Spencer's gift full of dildos. Like shocker. Yeah. And there was a bit when they the cop runs in and shoots him or whatever, and she's like working in the dark, just stupid things that would never happen ever. I was like, oh, okay. I thought but they were going to scream too. But I, I lived in the 90s. I'm aware of how it was back then. And I was like, I wouldn't have fucking been work. I would have been reorganizing and alphabetizing in the fucking dark. So I the thought they were going to hit us with a scream too, right? That we were watching a movie and we were going to pull back to teenagers watching a movie. And that wasn't it. And I, I had this moment where I go, oh, no. I was like, that's not good at all. You know, just the kind of you thought this was how to open your big trilogy of the summer. I was a little worried after that scene. Right. But then it goes into the credits and you're like, all right, there's something extra going on here. And then 
if I had one thing I would change about the film is I would have changed the 30 minutes of needle drops and just kind of got into it faster, right? Because I think this film actually had pretty awesome teen movie characters because I did use to oh, yeah. Fear Street, right? I was obsessed with these. And so they were just goosebumps with like a little more titillation, right? Yeah. The stakes were a little higher. And I thought they captured that really well in this movie. If there was a really strange thing that struck me watching this, it was the absolute teenage landscape of this, right? They did a good job of that. But one of the weird things in the movie that I could not process was they absolutely just forsake that there are adults in this movie. Oh, right? my God. Yes. There well, are so no we adults. Have, yes. We see a mayor and a on, cop. That's on purpose, though, man. That's like the It Follows Nightmare on Elm Street thing where it's like we're teens. We have to do this like all of there's like no sure. adult supervision. Like I totally feel like that. I, I agree with that to a point. Right. But even in Nightmare on Elm Street, her mom's still there. She's just an alcoholic. The dad works. Right. Yeah. There are moments of this film that absolutely don't work because you're like, you can't just behave that way, right? You can't just fucking steal an ambulance and have that shit for like eight hours and no one's coming for you. Like, that doesn't work. The scene, okay, so here's the scene where it was like blowing my mind. There's a scene on the bus, right? They have this fight at the candlelight vigil, all this, you know, where we're setting the stakes of Sunnydale versus uh, Shadyside, right? We kind of have this Sosha's greasers thing going on, and they battle, whatever. When the car comes up behind the bus, and they're kind of throwing shit at the bus, right? And they're like, open the emergency door. We'll throw a Gatorade (laughs) bottle. We'll run to the scene of a car accident. I was like, is there no bus driver? Is there no band director? Is there no football fucking coaches? Teachers. But what it leads to, weirdly, because it was pissing me off for a while, but then I think it gets to this kind of it kind of has a quality of the the new it movies, right? Where that maybe the adults are just rendered through some kind of supernatural force to just not be aware enough of what's happening. You know what I mean? So I was, it it was bothering yeah. me a lot. And then I think once you let that go, it is just this awesome kids doing it on their own movie. But there's a lot of scenes where I'm like they're burning down a school. She fucking stole a cop's gun. And we never see that cop for the rest of the movie. There's no scene where that guy's like, what the fuck? <laughs> we never see well, it's like that. The, it's like the, the, the cop is like the that like cuckold reporter from Succession. <laughs> uh, That's right. Yeah, he, or the political advisor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that guy. No, I, I, I totally I totally agree with you. I, I think kind of going back to what you were saying a second ago, like I think the characters were really well drawn. And I definitely, during the first, like, 20 minutes, I was really irritated. Because, like, I've been looking forward to these for a while. I love Lee Janik's Honeymoon. I think it's really good. And, like, so it was kind of like, okay, cool. Like, let's, like, make an, like get another movie out. And this the idea of this was really interesting. So that was cool. And, I you know, like, the trailer looked really good. It looked really tactile. Like, really just, like, like I mean, a cool, fun slasher movie. But, like, that first 20 minutes, I would say up until... Until they, the, the the like the main characters are their neighbors, and they're like, oh, the skeleton mask guy is you know mm. stalking us. Up until that point, I was like, I was like, fuck, I'm not gonna like this because the dialogue is it's very like, it's trying to be snappy, and it's like, the pacing is super quick, and I don't really understand anything. And like, there's fucking needle drops. They're so like you said, they're so distracting. <laughs> But, like, about that period 
where like the skull mask killer is like rifling through the panty drawer, you know, like <laughs> I, 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 at that point I, I was in and I, I really liked the characters and I, and I found myself like it was in the, it was at the end of the school sequence. I was like, I, I felt, I was like, I'm going to be really bummed when I, when one of these characters dies, if one of these characters dies. And I don't really think that very often. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that they were like, the characters were charming, which is, you know, that's like a great compliment for any kind of movie like this. Yeah. What did you make of our teenagers that we were following around, Alex? Yeah, I actually, um, I was, I was pretty engaged. I was surprised. I, I absolutely yeah. hate teenagers in movies like this. Like, all of them <laughs> suck. I and tried pretty hard life. to make these teenagers not like, likable. It, I, yeah, I got to be honest. Like, I, I thought I was talking with my wife. We were watching and I was talking to my wife. I'm like, I'm like rooting for all these assholes. Like, yeah. every single one of them who have made tremendously terrible decisions. Oh, uh, yeah. Seemed like they, like they all, I, I want them all to be okay. Like, uh, obviously, like we all relate to the little brother. Like, we all are that kid at some point. In you our mean lives. the guy named Josh who was just on AOL rocking Iron Maiden and into Yeah, was that pretty much? Yeah. That, I was like, Come did on. someone just. <laughs> I was, again, it was one of those. Every, that was a time machine. There are recent, there sure. are recent nostalgic movies, like a nostalgic hit movies we've watched. Where I was like, who's listening to the show and just like riffing on Griffey and I in general, oh, like yeah. our just small <laughs> child lives. Um, but like, uh, I loved the main girl. Like she was fantastic, dude. Okay, now yeah. let me let me have you riff on this though, because she was a phenomenal actress. She was yes. far and away the best actress in the movie by I far. Think. But I was surprised by how fucking shitty these characters were. They're the oh, ones yeah. we're supposed to root for, right? But so she is an emotional chaos demon, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, with Sam, she should have left her ass and never dated her again. Yeah, I was fine. The with other, her. the other girls, uh, you know, spray painting the bathroom, and she's dealing. Also, drugs Sam and- made a wonderful decision moving to Sunnyvale. I actually Absolutely. thought she's. I mean, <laughs> right? get, get on you, girl. Get out yeah. of there. But that's what I mean, though. So they do. And then this was one of the things they start unveiling throughout the movie. Later, there are reasons for these behaviors. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the 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 jokester who works at the grocery store, he's actually this model employee. He's been raising his family. So Simon. Yeah. So he's a little more of a wild card, but he has this heart of gold. But when we meet him, he's just calling Josh a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, fuck this guy. And I was surprised because I thought the same thing as you. I found myself at the end. I was really emotionally invested in a way that I don't get in these. I didn't see any of them as body count characters, so I was caught no, off guard. No. But how do you think they pulled that off, though? I it, It's weird. Yeah. Go, yeah. Alex. I mean, for me, it's one of those things like this is a really hard balance to strike. But I think if you what they did was keep the group taught. But also, everyone was crucial to surviving that night. Like, absolutely no one was just, like, cannon fodder. And I think no. that was a really important thing. Like, even like even stuff, and again, like, getting towards the end, there's even stuff that I, I was just like, wow, everyone seems to be playing a crucial part in surviving this. And, like, it was pretty impressive. Like, I should not have worked that way, and it really did. I got to say, when and, and, like, again, we're talking spoilers here, I, I was – really like because i the whole movie i was very curious i was like well i wonder if they're like because they weren't exactly throwing like like you said cannon fodder characters at the screen so there weren't like a lot of deaths and and sort of by the mythology of what's going on like there there wouldn't have just been a bunch of random deaths Mm -hmm. but just the way they had set up uh josh and and kate the cheerleader girl 
you know, they have this like cute romance and then like Simon's like talking to Josh about like, you know, she sees something in you and then they just fucking put her through like a bread shredder. Dude. And like, dude, I was just like, are you fucking kidding what me? What a kill. Like, so yeah. first off, yeah, that was amazing because it took me back to my days of Arby's where I almost Whoa. lost a finger at the roast beef slicer. That was my job <laughs> in high school. I got to say, though, and I watch horror movies all the fucking time, right? <laughs> I thought at that point in the story, right, when they made it out of the high school, because, again, I when you said that, it actually is right. The high school is just the first draft of the supermarket scene, essentially, right? Yes. The stakes change a little. We learn the monsters are superhuman and that, oh, well, we want you to die, but now you sacrifice self. We're together. Whatever. Fine. All that. Fine. When they fucking stabbed her with a cake on her face, I audibly gasped. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I couldn't fucking believe it. And then the bread, the bread slicer is the same thing. I'm like, what the fuck? And when they hit Simon in the head with the axe, I was actually more gobsmacked because I was yeah. like, we just killed one character. You can't kill all the characters. And when that motherfucker was coming for Josh, I was like, I'm about to turn this fucking movie. Off. Oh, because yeah. the gloves were off. The yeah, gloves were off. Then I, everything was happen. on the table. Yeah, I couldn't fucking believe that shit. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been in the mountains. I, I took my family in the mountains when my parents came into town and I was watching this movie yesterday and my mother watched it with us, which was oh, hilarious. God. <laughs> this is not like for the listeners out there. Everyone knows this is not a Donna Dandino movie. And uh, <laughs> we got to the scene with the bread slice. And she goes, oh, God, is this going to happen right now? And I'm like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> I was like, Donna, close your eyes. Just like, I know, I don't want you Avert to sleep. Close eyes, your Donna. Eyes. And I was just like, oh, no. And I, Andrea and I were just like, that is awesome that was and gross. Cool. But it was like, it's, but I was, yeah, I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, she was cool, even though she was a hardcore drug dealer. She was dope as hell. But honestly, who hasn't sold drugs? I, I didn't even care about that. Who hasn't sold blueberries and bananas? I wasn't mad there. at her selling drugs. There Not was a at all. I was like, don't turn your babysitting wards into drugs. This is like a crazy thing to me is like, <laughs> she's a full-blown drug dealer and still babysitting. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with this person. Like in, in any other movie. If she sorted the drugs on this, her own, yeah. that was the only thing. Don't make the kids do it and tell especially them they'll die in this vein, Especially in this vein of nostalgia any other movie like she would have been like the first one dead because she's a fucking yep. drug the same with the same with the guy simon like and she yeah. those are and they're they were gallant individuals through the through the entire affair like that right. is i think what i think makes this movie actually really interesting but as think, far as the think on are. that though right so these characters that it seems like we don't like they win us over and the scene that i i couldn't believe how much i was invested in was when josh is at aol talking to queen of fair and dark whoever the fuck that may be that's one of these kind of mysteries that will un unfurl when he's like no they're not druggies right which i laughed because i thought that was such an indiana word in the 90s everyone was druggies to my mom right yeah, yeah. oh they're druggies and i haven't heard that shit since the 90s but um when he said that and he's like no that's not who they were right he was brave and funny and she was you know smart and fearless and all that i was fucking touched man and i i couldn't believe i bought in because if you would have told yeah. me before she stuck her bloody fingers into the moss, into the world's shallowest grave, there's no chance I would have thought that I would have given a shit what happened in this movie. But I was totally fucking bought in by the end. It was awesome. I, I, I got to say, yeah. And it really, like, I kind of wished. I kind of wish it had, like, kept that up a, a little bit. I, and I'm very interested to see where it goes in the next one. I, I was really interested. I thought. 
because there's the end scene where it shows like you know sam is now possessed and, and she stabs dina i thought they were just gonna kill dina and then like the next one was going to be uh i can't think of her name she's in that show love uh oh jillian jacobs yeah i thought it was gonna be like josh like learn josh whoever he's talking to on the computer learning how to stop this with jillian jacobs and the cop mm-hmm. and like i'm like okay but like oh fuck they're killing you know they're killing main characters i thought that that was interesting and i i definitely thought that end the ending 15 minutes like dragged a little bit yeah i'm so interested to hear that you didn't like or weren't as interested in the school stuff for me that was like when the movie gelled i was sort of lukewarm on it and then during the school when they, when they've done all the trails of blood and like the monsters are sort of like marching through the hallways at that point i was like no i'm fully on board because i was like this fucking feels like a scooby-doo movie like it feels like yeah it really did like we need to trap and fight all of these slashers and and what i was so impressed about is because like you know i mean you guys know and make movies and stuff there are so many shitty wannabe slasher movies and it's so hard to like make a killer or killer designs that are sort of simple and and sort of elegant and spooky and i thought like the the girl that sang i could give a fuck less about that but like oh ruby lane i like that one yeah uh, ruby lane was dope it's the song man it had like a john goodman it's just the song it had that like but that's what i mean it's something so simple because we don't know anything about these fucking killers no nothing but i thought the other two were so interesting dude like like the camp the camp nightwing killer was awesome going to continue to be awesome in a whole nother movie yes which is yeah. um, that i'm glad i get to see I that was i'm excited pissed. to see again i was pissed right because there's four of them that aren't sam i wanted that little deformed kid now <laughs> i was fucking was pissed because when he was head. just hitting that lady in the face <laughs> i'm guessing his mom with the bat i was like oh my god that's br- <laughs> that i think gross. that's one of those things you see in movies a lot right people getting hit in the head with a baseball bat if you've ever actually hit baseballs and shit, the carnage of that is so fucking violent. Yeah. And when they, yeah. they just showed that like it was nothing, I was like, oh, my God. I was fucking wigging out on the couch. And again, it gets to that. That mask was fucking awesome. I wanted that little bastard in this movie. And it, this is the one thing I wonder about. Cause to your point, I think you're right, Josh. The the killers are really well done. Even the, the mask thing, right, which I feel like we've seen 50 times. Or Halloween 3 has a mask like that. Scream has it still fucking worked really well. Yeah. And it was, it was creepy. And like, I think that I think Lee Janik did, I think, I hope that's how you pronounce her her name. I think she did a really good job. Like essentially there was a lot of times where I, I, it's like very obvious she was riffing on scream, but like at no point did I ever feel like she was in working inferior to scream i mean i know the needle drops are obnoxious but like definitely about 20 minutes in the movie the needle drops stop like there's i don't don't even really know if there's any beyond that but like there's there's like really good fun chase scenes and i think the whole thing with like you know the killer like rifling through their clothes and then like going out i thought that was like really interesting and it just kept moving i saw i think it was john squares from bloody disgusting tweet that he's like he was like really excited that to like see movies that are that are like fun slashers where like something actually happens as opposed to just like this like you know like mumbly like art house horror. 
And as someone that like made like mumbly art house horror, I'm like, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm yeah, not trying no, to burn not... my own house down, but <laughs> no, I, I, the thing is, I totally, I totally get it. And like, you know, I'm gonna. I was like watching Antonio Campos's After School today, and <laughs> like that's like the most depressing movie ever. But then I'm like, man, I also can't wait to go watch Fear Street too, you know, and just see some like teens be clobbered to death, like. Well, it's a it's a fine line, right? Because a lot of movies do the the horror comedy, right? And there's always been this argument of, well, you got to have some fun in it. Like, what is that movie I watched over quarantine? The the wicked and the the wicked the dark and, the, and the wicked. Yeah, yeah. With the fucking yeah. goat lady, the goat farmer Oof. lady. That is about as relentingly depressing and brutal a film. <laughs> that is purely joyless. As I've ever seen, right? I mean, it is it is a fucking just assault on your will to live. Nonstop. <laughs> and it's a really well-made, well-acted, beautifully crafted film. But by the end of it, you're just screaming at the TV. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, not one person has, like, a ray of sunshine this whole movie. But again, I think there's there's value in that too. And then you watch these other like horror comedies and you're like, oh well, they're not really that funny. They're not as funny as a comedy would be per se. Nor are they scary. So what's the fucking value of this if they're done poorly, right? I think what this one does is it, it has kind of the fun and I think the needle drops too, they kind of get to this teenage attention span, right? Where things are happening fast and I used to do that yeah. too, walk around with my Walkman and it's like you're doing the soundtrack of your life and this so like I got it. It set me up for that teenage world, right? Where there's no adults and we're on our own, like you said. But somehow in there, they made me care so much about these characters that when the horror bits happen, it's not that this movie's particularly scary to me. It's that I fucking felt devastated when these new movie friends I made got fucking crushed. Right. And that yeah, to totally. me is so much more important than anything else in a, a horror movie, right? I hate the argument over what's scary and not scary, right? Because that changes a lot to you. It changes on where you're at in your life. But if you care about a character when they get fucking got, that's when a horror movie excels to me. And this movie does that superbly. As someone who, like, loves, like, like exhausting, like, art house fair, you know? I Same. Sometimes you just need to watch something fun. And um, I spend a lot of time with my girlfriend's little brother's and they're they're 16 and 17 and we watched this together and one of them at the end of it was like that was bad but it was fun <laughs> and, and, and i kind of had to stop and it's like well yeah it's such a relative i mean it's so like you know what is bad and like i think for me this movie did exactly what it promised it right. made a you know, it's it's like a slasher adaptation of like a teen book series. This movie, I was consistently entertained. I cared about the characters. It looked cool. And like by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch the next one. So like, I'm like, no, it's successful. It's like a success. It's successful at what it was doing. I mean, yeah, the subjective nature of what is bad, especially when it comes to especially when it comes to just this genre in general is so bizarre. Like. <laughs> For anyone to even have a that's bad versus that's good argument seems sort of moot because like everything yeah. is based everything is based around what your flavor is like, and there are so many different flavors. Like again, like if you came into watching Fear Street nineteen ninety four and expected anything other than 
a movie called Fear Street 1994, you're not going to fully... Like, you're just kind of doing yourself a disservice. I know there's plenty of people. I've seen it online. There's plenty of people like not really that interesting, like pretty heavy on the nostalgia stuff. I'm like, I gotta be honest, like other than the music, like, and the like obsessive needle yeah. drops, I did not have like this nostalgic moment mm. past the first five minutes. Well, I like, wonder there was if not the a needle lot. drops even bother younger audiences who don't, I don't know think what the they fuck do. these Cause songs are. Honestly, to me, like I thought, <laughs> cause I thought about it for like the day I, like I watched it and I was like, maybe I'm just like that because I like soundtracks and movies. Because, like, yeah. I agree, like, once the needle drops out, yeah, Marco Beltrami stuff is amazing. But you said yeah. the same, the score is awesome, the actual in-movie right. score. But, but for me, it was just, I couldn't get into the movie because every fucking 30 seconds, I was looking to my wife like, ah, remember this from the seventh right. grade day? You know what I mean? So, but like, see, we're talking like, about the, the needle drops. But I was thinking about that, and I'm wondering, like, this is sort of like, that was, I was thinking about this last night when I, after we watched it, like, I'm wondering if that is meant to be some form of a mood setter. Cause like, I remember being that yeah. age and getting in my fucking Walkman. Like I listened to 30 seconds. I was one of those assholes who could listen to 30 seconds of a song and then move on. You're trying to and drive like, and flip through I'm your massive to like 300 get CD my, book. I'm trying to like get in my groove and find the jam. That's going to like yeah. get me through the car ride. Like I'm much, I'm much more of like a, and I mean, Twitter just hates needle drops in general. Like it just, Every movie that has like one or two needle drops, you'll just like yeah. find some people bitching about it. So it's like fuck them. What I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I definitely think though, like a less is more approach with needle drops. Like, I, I was like, I was talking to my girlfriend, and uh, it was like the Matrix has one needle or like one needle drop. No, it has a couple more, but like that Rob Zombie Dragula needle drop plays, and you're like fuck, that sets the mood. And there yeah. was a couple times like when Rob Zombie plays in. Uh, in fear street where i'm like oh that's sick i wish i could focus more on like individual i wish they had picked like five songs to yeah. set the mood instead of like getting all of it together yeah but like there, there's this there's this weird adhere ad adherence right now to like things that are stranger things-esque and if anything dares to be about teenagers it's like oh that's fucking yeah you know, they're just, just doing the stranger things thing which is funny. Lee, Lee Janik right. is literally the one of the creators of Stranger Things' wife. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like it just felt like a it felt like a mixtape, and I think that like set the mood for me. I'm like, I get it. Like kids are in high school, yeah. fucking jamming out. Like you know, like all kids have some. Uh, everybody in high school has like that thing. So of course the music's gonna change when we go character to character and shit like that. Like. Josh in the basement. It's the first place I heard fucking that Rob fucking Zombie. And the first thing baby. I thought I was like, God, this is just, that just felt someone so is just hunting me. <laughs> but no, that's the way. This is the thing, though. I think we all knew that would be built into the cake. So I think bitching about it is nonsensical. Right. To me, the ultimate example of this is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. That movie fucking straight up lied to everyone on Earth and was like, this is Quentin Tarantino making a Manson family movie, right? Yeah. So that my mom would go see it. Because if you told my mom, hey, do you care about 70s TV uh, and Italian spaghetti western? She'd say, no, gross. But Manson <laughs> family, she wants to see that. So Once Upon a Time just straight up fucking lied. Because they knew that yeah. no one would want to see that movie without the Manson shit. In the trailer, they even have that waving Charles Manson, right? That's straight up lying. That's not. Yeah. I know I'm going to take a lot of shit for that one. 
It's still a fact. Well, you don't have to be only mad Sam, Pri- Sam Price will come after you pretty hard. I'm not here to fucking debate once upon a time in Hollywood again. I'm telling <laughs> no. you the marketing team lied. That's neither here nor there. This movie delivers what it should be. Now, one of the things I thought that was really fun about the movie and I thought was so needed because this thing was not working for me as a potential slasher movie. When they added the supernatural, I was fucking transfixed, right? I, I thought it was strange that it came in as late as it did, but I was all the way in, man. Once they, she touched uh, the blood to the bone, right? And we get the satanic imagery. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude, I'm in. The one thing I thought was strange is even now, I can't all the way figure out what was happening and why. And I wonder if this is to leave a little room for the next movies. Yeah, totally. There, it has you that mean, kind of it follows issue by the end of it follows where you're like the the hunting nature of these spirits doesn't seem to make sense to me. I mean, yeah, I, I mean it. it definitely it definitely felt a little bit like it follows, but I'm just I I'm just not I just don't feel like I need to I don't need to sort of dig in and like read between the lines of like a, you know like a teenage slasher movie you know what i mean like but i i wonder if there's clues in there as to what's coming down the road i well that's my thing i think that has a lot to do with the fact that i know i'm gonna get two more movies mm-hmm. so like yeah. after the third one which is 1666 which is when all this shit goes down in the first place yeah they're like pedophile preacher i think they were saying yeah, like, right yeah. When I like knowing that, I feel like there's so many more breadcrumbs, and I agree. Actually, it's I forgot that I forgot that the sequel to this is or the second movie in this series is taking place before all this happens. So I'm like, wait, so Jillian Jacobs right. just shows up for five seconds. I'm like, shit, like she's like literally holding the keys of the kingdom, and I have no fucking idea what's about. But I'm like, yes. but it's happening. Like the just fact let that it they're happen. going in reverse order is letting me know that something's askew, right? Yeah. And they kept saying, right? So when she had the vision and she's like, it's you, right? That's what Sam hears. Yeah. I don't think those monsters were going to kill Sam. Right? We see that the Camp Nightwing guy hit the dummy, the mannequin. Mm -hmm. I think that's a fucking ruse, right? I think he hits it because he's mad it's not her. Because the other other killers, right? So at the start, because I kept wondering, how is this witch doing this and why is it taking all this time, right? Why is why are her bones so fucking shallowly buried, right? Did she cause that accident right when she did with the nosebleeds to get the teens there, right? Because she wants Sam for some reason. I don't think she wanted to kill Sam, right? So she talks right. to a milkman. The milkman starts slaughtering housewives, right? She talks to this deformed kid. He bashes whoever the fuck that is with a baseball bat. So on and so on, right? She talks to the kid at the mall, and he kills the bookstore employee. What does that have yeah. to do with anything, right? There's something extra it, going on with Sam. Did it ever come up? I, I do not remember this, and I apologize if I was not wa- watching closely enough. But did it ever come up why Dina got a nosebleed? See, that's what I'm fucking saying, right? So she yeah, got the nosebleed yeah. there, potentially so that she would fucking cause the accident. And then Sam had the sympathetic nosebleed as well. I think that's when the witch touches you, right? Somewhere in your mind, that you can't handle it and the blood starts right. spilling. Cause that's what this is really strange, but I'm obsessed with watching uh world's strongest man clips on YouTube. <laughs> and I watched this whole video, this guy, Eddie Hall set the world deadlifting record. You lift like a thousand 1100 pounds or something. And it's this gnarly video of you're like what humans are capable of. And as he does it, his nose just starts bleeding like crazy. 
And this doctor's like, that's our natural, that's our body's defense mechanism. When something in our head, there's pressure and this and that, we can't handle it. It's a release valve, so our fucking brain doesn't explode and we die. Huh. And so I, I thought, I was like, fuck, that's what's probably happening wow. to these girls, right? The witch is somehow connecting to their mind. Because there's right. a couple other times in the film where you start seeing the nosebleed again. Yeah. So I think that's a and sign it- that she is now manipulating somehow the scenario do you think they were going to kill sam josh i just i i sort of i don't know i didn't really think about it until until you said that I, uh, for me the mythology was a little muddled and yeah uh, i kind of <laughs> like I, I i sort of appreciated how i mean i guess now that we talk about it i'm thinking i'm double i'm questioning but like i really liked how sort of like straightforward some of it was like josh is basically just like having an aol conversation being like Oh no! It's the witch's ghost again. Uh oh! They're going to come kill us. Oh! Did you see someone was killed? The the spirits right. of the dead are haunting his monster. Like you know, and I just sort of liked that it was like, okay, they're being hunted hunted by monsters. I do not expect this trilogy to have some sort of like really complex mythology. Like, I just I just don't see it. I think that. I mean, like. I- and I and quote me quote me in a couple weeks, but I bet you anything that like when you come back in three weeks and we yeah. just publicly yeah. whip you like that shame lady in Canada, we just I'm fucking Sarah fear you in front of you. everyone on this pod. Yes, <laughs> I bet I bet you that the main the Dina or whatever is. I think like, Dina is Sarah Fear's descendant. Yeah, exactly. Like just something like that. Or is Sam? No, no, Dina. Dina, yeah. I, I think um, that there's a there's a lineage thing. That's the whole. That, if that's what you're getting at by it's being it not complicated, I would one thousand percent agree with you. Like I don't it, think it. I, it it's, I don't think it's anything beyond. But why is she attacking history. her? I see. My theory is is that we're gonna get a monkey paw scenario, right? With the the missing hand, she cuts her hand off, and that's how she's able to reach from the grave and you know take these people. To do her bidding. So, yeah, I think I think we're going to get, like, a Monkey Paul wish fulfillment horror movie, which cool. is – that is, like, one of my favorite genres Sounds of horror, awesome. right? I love, I love the fucking be careful what you wish for horror stories. Yeah. I would so love I, that because yeah. I'll tell you, like, when when you see all three of those movies and I'm like, oh, one's like a 90s slasher or one's like a camp counselor movie and then, like, there's a witch movie, I'm immediately the least interested in the witch movie. I just really? don't oh, – it's just dude, not a I'm genre not- that I think – that's Griffey's wheelhouse right there. And also, like, the flashes they shot, I was like, that looks awesome. Because that's the one thing. If you do those kind of period PC ones, if you yeah. don't shoot it right, it doesn't work as well. That looked awesome. I was I really excited for Actually, what Actually, it's doing. the one I'm most curious in because i curious about because I don't know what the style would be. Like, totally. 78, 94, I get those. Like, that makes sense. It looks like, like uh, Gretel 16, and Hansel yeah, like 1666 can go like one of like three ways. Like you can do it sort of this like you can do it like like that um that weird Tesla movie where it's like anachronistic almost and like the I way it's it. shot. Yeah, which yeah, is I, I, I love I love that movie. 1666 needle drops in. Yeah, I mean like you just fucking throw it. What what was Dude, hot in 1666? <laughs> Tesla is awesome and and I love this fucking movie and like I saw it with my mom and by the end at the end she was like i was this supposed to be like that because like it's like a period piece but like in the background of a bar like people just yeah. like, are like texting on their iphones and you're like <laughs> dude no, I mean, that's real? seriously 
It's the yeah. anti-Griffey movie. I fucking loved it. Right. It's like, it's weird because it's like a period piece, but literally like there will be like modern needle drops and then like background characters will like be like talking on their iPhones and things. So it's like, it's super disorienting and it's, it's really cool. It's like it's the bizarre. amped up a Knight's Tale battle that we had. Yeah, just imagine the night. Just imagine a Knight's Tale oh. and everything you dislike about that, Griffey. And... You mean like when we're going into a jousting tournament and they play Low Rider, the least cool song that my uncle loves? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I'm not a super huge right. fan of that, but I'll watch Tesla. <laughs> I, I appreciate cool. it. <laughs> but that, but that was like that's my thing. Is like I have no idea what to expect from this 1666 movie. Right. So that's the one I'm most psyched about because like. But also, it could be anything. yeah, riddle me this, though, right? So we're talking about how she hunts, right? Right. And somehow they're attracted to her blood, right? Sam's blood. So uh-huh. that seems to be there's a lineage issue, right? That there's something important with Sam that they want to capture her. I thought that was cool as hell, too, when they blew up the monsters and they fucking, like, reformed out of the ooze. I f- yeah. That kind of gave that me, like, was Mummy awesome. One vibes. I was fucking into that. It feels that like Scooby-Doo. Rad. Yeah, yes. exactly. I mean, that's the moment where you're like, oh, there's not a person under there. This is real shit, though. <laughs> like, if Scooby-Doo was, like, tried to yank the mask off and it was actually, like, a fucking ghoul and they got murdered. Right. Have you have you <laughs> seen the – I mean, this is all sincerity. Have you seen either of the Scooby-Doo movies, like, yeah. as an adult, like, you know, yeah. like, yeah. recently? They're I have fun. a six year old. Like, I've seen them great. within the last year. Yeah. <laughs> they're both like I I it was like three AM and my girlfriend put the first one on and we just like watched the whole thing until like dawn. And I'm like, this is super fun. They're I awesome. Wish, yeah. I wish they made a Scooby Doo movie for like a, adults. That would be so perfect because it just like I don't know, there's like so many we jokes we so many weed jokes in those movies. Yeah. But it just feels like it 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 I li- I like the kind of like mustache twisting like kind of macabre yeah fun and I yeah yeah this this movie totally taps into that I mean it feels it feels like an R L Stein book yes yeah I think that's probably the thing I took away the most from it honestly is just I felt the R L Steinness yeah in all in all its facets like again never read Fear Street but I read Goosebumps cover to cover like all of them and. I can tell you, even though I never read Fear Street, this just feels like R.L. Stein. Like I, I, I remember, loved, I love that part of it. Goosebumps, I think, always sort of deserved. And I, I know they made the movie a couple years back, and the movie was pretty good. I get, I mean, it was fun. This but, is but what then, that movie wishes it was, though. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, this movie has teeth, and and I think as a little kid, when I would sit in bed and read Goosebumps, those stories scared me because they were. You know, they were like entry level horror. They had teeth. I mean, a kid, a kid could almost die. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that was, and and I, I appreciated this that like as an adult, you know, I was shocked when people were killed. I was, you know, there's violence in it, and like again, you know, the MPAA isn't knocking on Fear Street's door, you know, yeah. trying to like shut the shit down, <laughs> but right. like it's it's still. And, and I don't know. I'm a I'm I'm a big camp counselor. Or I, what's that like? Canuck exploitation film like camp movies. Yeah. Like I love the burning and I love all that. So I, I and the Nighthawk Killer is cool. So I think they're just gonna fucking go ham in this next one, which I'm like yeah. excited for. Yeah. I wonder though because this had so much slasher at its core. Yeah. Are they really just gonna do another slasher at the camp, or is there gonna be some extra thing that we didn't expect? Right, because this one is a slasher with this kind of supernatural witch bloodline story. What's the extra 
icing they're going to add to the camp counselor movie. That's what I'm most because I have no doubt the camp counselor murders are going to be amazing because that that was the thing to your point with the teeth. This movie is fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Not even like it's so gratuitous, but just the there's something now. I think it's the saw effect, right? Like when saw came out with all these elaborate death traps, people just started getting really elaborate with gore. And I think with this movie just covered, right? So like when Nurse Betty got it, she's like, hey, you can't wear the mask. It's so simple and matter of fact that running up and just fucking stabbing him in the throat. But you felt like you got hit yourself, right? There's just a a real fucking brutality to this movie that I wasn't expecting. So I'm assuming the camp movie will soar in that regard, right? But I think that's I mean- the fun thing is that when you add this kind of world building and tune in next week, right? Like, that was the thing. When I was a kid, I used to have to watch the Batman 66 like that. Tune in next yep, week. Same. And you couldn't miss it or else it would just never exist for you again. <laughs> I yeah. think that's a really fun element of this this kind of rollout model. I'm excited to see yeah. what happens next. It's it's definitely uh, – I'm definitely it, – it's interesting to be excited about something on Netflix because I'm never excited about anything on Netflix. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Netflix is always one day away from being canceled for me, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) I never – it's crazy. It's it's the least used – I don't ever look at anything on there. And for them to have like – and, and, you know, I can't – it bums me out that Netflix is going to get all of the credit for this one because this really was Fox doing something interesting and like really trying to like, you know, try to like make like an event. So for Netflix to sort of just, you know – basically treat it like a television show it's like what if we just released it week to week you know mm-hmm. like it, it shouldn't it shouldn't feel like that big of a, an event fucking hbo is doing this and never will stop but i i definitely have to say when it got done like my little brother was like man i cannot wait to watch the next yeah. one and i can't yeah. i can't either i will watch it op- the day it comes out which is i think this is i swear to god this and army of the dead are the two are the only two movies i've ever watched netflix originals the day they came out ever i don't army know what of the it dead is. would have been on my list and then i was like woof two and a half hours and it took me like a week to get to it <laughs> yeah that's another conversation it just you know <laughs> i oh, griffy you made a point earlier like because yeah like essentially the 78 movie could probably just be another slasher movie but i thought about this and again it goes back to like Fear Street didn't really change, again, to my knowledge, wasn't like an overtly changing formula from book to book, correct? No, not per- but they would do like, they had uh, the Amusement Park trilogy, right? So right. they would do these like three book runs and then they'd reset for one-offs. and Right. Yeah. So maybe what they're doing, this is a three book run of similar stories, but maybe like, but obviously they're united by a common theme of this Sarah fear the history of the town that kind of thing i I, again it's hard to judge this one movie because it's technically part of three and it's sort of this it feels like a unifying thing not just because it's on netflix and they're coming out a week apart or anything to josh's point but because in general it feels like they're supposed to be all together so like maybe once once all three of these are out i think actually the experience of watching them might be a very different experience altogether. Yeah. Well, because it ends, right? And it has a Return of the King thing where you're like, why is this still going? 
right? right? I was like, we're done. We did it, right? You know, after I finish my Han Solo, right, when they drown her and stab her with EpiPens, you're like, that's not how any of this works, right? Like, once that was over, I was like, it's done. Like, stop the fucking movie. But then you get the call, and you're like, oh, shit. And so, yeah. essentially, we have this vestigial tale of a scene that's caught between worlds, right? It doesn't really matter to what we just watch, <laughs> but it's this really tantalizing, like, hey, man. Because that's another thing. Why is Sarah fucking possessed like Linda Blair? Yeah. How the fuck? That's I, not how any of the other killers she took over were. What the fuck is happening? And then there's the voice, that's how I survive. And so you're excited, right? You're fucking stoked. And to me, this this is giving me the vibe of what I wished American Horror Story had been. Yeah. Right? Because American Horror Absolutely. Story always had me excited for three episodes, and then you're like, oh, here it comes. And it was just a rapid fucking asteroid from Armageddon speed descent into you know unwatchable. A, you know that's scene. a Ryan Murphy joke, right? What? The three episode thing in the business. That's a that's a joke. He's like oh, interested it? for he's interested <laughs> for like three episodes of whatever television hey, well, show he's associated with and then moves on to the next thing. Contract. Yeah. So <laughs> that's actually is that's actually just, something that a bunch of a bunch of a uh, <laughs> bunch of writers I know who actually worked on some of his shows. say, yeah, yeah, he's interested for like three episodes and then he comes up with another idea and he goes and does that. And we just like. <laughs> but but you can it's, and it's such a bummer. I mean, like, I think American horror story season one was like really interesting and it like it, yeah. it's themes were really unified yeah, totally. i remember being stoked and it just felt like they couldn't fucking sit down and just fucking focus on anything no and it's it very just, all over the place dude those that though you could have had some of the best seasons of television had they just fucking stuck to it takes place in a fucking asylum it is yeah. not aliens and santa claus and fucking, nazis you know, aliens every fucking yeah. thing well like even the uh the fucking carnival season. I was like, Oh my God, they yeah, had amazing know. characters for those awesome. starts. And I was like, they're fucking back, baby. Useless. Nope. But that's what, but that, I mean, this is another thing too. I've been that's griping on is. this for a long time is I, I'm not a huge fan of the miniseries format where it's like, here's yeah. six episodes of something. Cause you're like, for sure. I need one and a half of these. Yeah. And the rest is just fluff and nonsense. And I'm like, give me. So I like the idea of taking these, I, I this is always my thing, right? This is why I'm not one of the big proponents of the theatrical model and we need movie theaters back. I think movie theaters have been just fucking milking us for years. Like we're like fatted calves that they've just been leeching off of and giving us nothing in return for years. Tune, tune like in next week reckoning. while me and Griffey beat each other to the Yeah, death. right? No, I go to the movie theaters as much as anyone you know. I still go. But the experience has only gotten worse as I've gotten older and that could be my age or that could be them not caring. So I like options. Give me fucking options. If I want to watch a movie at home, I want to watch it there. If I want to go pay for it, like I'll go pay for green Knight Cause I'm assuming random dickholes aren't going to walk into green Knight that want to fucking take Instagram selfies. That's a, doesn't that, seem there, like they're there. There right? it is right there. That's fool's gold. You That's, know, they will. Yeah. So now I'm going to be in some girl's going to be getting the, so be like, what nights? I love nights. I love fucking but I, dragon I told shit. You the story. I went to La Lorna or whatever from the conjuring and this why, girl's why, fucking taking selfies giving that dude a hand job and you're like well there's no way i'm gonna make it through this second act like that's way more interesting <laughs> than what's happening on the screen but so little, I, I like yeah. the idea of if you have these condensed series right so instead of trying to stretch it out to a 10 episode show or whatever give me this fucking three movies i think this and is for some awesome reason format. i hate when tv does the week to week thing now I'm like, that model's obsolete. We crushed that model. Give me the show so no, I can watch it when I want. 
No, it's not. It's, not at I'm all. telling you, there has not been a show that has benefited from that since Game of Thrones. There's no Mayor show that it's mattered that Mayor it's week of to week. Town? No, no way, one fucking nobody, cares about nobody how many people get... watch Mayor of Easttown? Fucking all of that was like probably not even the population of biggest... in Easttown. <laughs> I dude, no. Netflix's model is so unsustainable. You cannot. Well, that could be true too, but because you cannot spend 120 million dollars on a show drop it on monday and then be surprised when on tuesday people are on to the next thing that that week to week model is how they is it's like it's like i mean it's like blowing your load like proverbially blowing your load <laughs> but like i mean sometimes that wrong. can be good if you're if you're a, a gigolo the more loads the more pay Man, you know, I there are so many choices and options of fucking everything. Sometimes <laughs> it's just nice to be able to look forward to something. And like, dude, when I'm fucking yeah. watching good, I was watching the Good Lord Bird, and then every week I would tune in and watch it. I, I think the reason Netflix is lagging behind is because they, it just they don't give a shit. Like, and it can't it can't sustain viewership when you take your fucking flagship show, you dump it on literally, you dump it on Monday. And then on Tuesday, you know, people are talking about the fucking HBO Kate Winslet drama again. Like it's it's it needs instead of need a new episode, they drop a whole new show. But like need, I watched but, uh, yeah. that Marianne show on Netflix, and it was an amazing binge. Right, that's one of the best shows I've seen in like ten years. They and canceled I it. Wait to get through it. Yeah, of course it's all canceled, right? But yeah. that, I mean that's the thing. Like we, I started Lovecraft Country, and I was like, nice, I love this. And then after the second episode, I go, ah, fuck this. I'll just wait till it's done. Like, I stopped watching it until it was done, and I just watched them all at once in, like, a weekend. So, yeah. for me, it's like you got to – you have to find this middle ground between giving us the options to watch things as we want to watch them and how it's sustained. The whole Netflix model makes no sense to me at all. They just run so in the negative every year, and I guess they sell our information, and that's about I don't know how any of this yeah. works, right? I'm talking about me as a consumer. How can you get me the thing I want most efficiently, right? And I like this model. I'm excited to wait one week for this. I don't know if I'd want to watch 10 Fear Streets in a row, right? No. That's the TV problem. So I, I don't know. I don't know. What I mean, I think is. that that's – that is – I don't know. Honestly, there's no – I don't think there – like, there is no one format that's going to work. Like, no one no. – there's absolutely no one in this business, especially now, that's just going to break the mold and figure out how to like do this without pissing everyone without pissing everyone <laughs> off. Like, ultimately, it has to be a person. But like, it's just like we were talking about. Like I was saying earlier, it's so subjective how everyone consumes their shit. Like I can tell you right now, I am not one of those people who like I, I don't need to see something the day it comes out. Like especially like in this world, like. There's so much shit to see. Like at this point, I'm like, I'll just watch it when I want to watch it. Like eventually, like it's on my list. I'll watch it. I promise. But like at this point, there's just so much to watch. Like there's yeah. stuff on there's stuff on HBO Max, and I'm like, I gotta watch that. Like give you Mayor of Easttown. I completely yeah. mean to finish that. Oh, I've watched I'm still two episodes up to like big big little lies or whatever. Like that's how far I've watched two episodes of that, and I'm like. I'll get yeah. to it later. Like, because like, honestly, like there's so much other stuff I find more interesting. Yeah. But then, and then like this, but this is the thing. This is what I like about fear street. Particularly this model of release particularly is this. See, these are movies for one. So it's events. 
It's an event I can sit down and watch with my yes. family, my, my my wife. Like I can sit down and consume this and not really have to contemplate coming back next week because it's a movie. Yeah. Like, I can always catch a movie. I can always spend 90 minutes sitting down watching a movie. Like that yeah. is like that is like part of life. I love doing that. TV is such a TV a, is dedication. A, it's an obnoxious commitment. And like there's just so many there's so <laughs> yes. many good shows. There's there so is. many amazing shows that I will never watch because I just I can't. I know people I know that time. watch everything. They watch everything. And I'm like, I like probably watch two to three shows a year, maybe. Man, I'm I and then I'll like spend the time like rewatching shit from like three years ago where i'm like this is great i've seen this seven times like yeah i'm like it's comfort food that's it yeah exactly and it's it's like i just i i think movies are the perfect the perfect thing because it's like it's like it's like 90 minutes i i can like you said i can always spare 90 minutes it's in and out i get it and like this one particularly yes they're all like sort of i'm assuming going to be unified unified by a common theme but like that makes watching them and then waiting for the next one that much more that much more interesting. And not only that, it's three weeks. I only wait yeah. one week per like I don't have to do I yes. don't have to dedicate a month long run and like make sure I'm caught up because quite frankly, like again, they're movies. Like I can enjoy right. and compartmentalize each one of them, and then when they're all done, I can watch them all again and be like, oh wow, there's all this but other cool shit. I never that's what up. this Netflix thing I'm hoping starts right because Shutters are Shutters the master of this. Every Thursday they get us give us a Shutter original, and I love Shutter yeah. dearly, so I don't want to piss all my whore brethren off. We can be honest; most of the Shutter originals are not great, right? <laughs> they probably have yeah. about one in four is really good. Like you'll get your uh, anything for Jackson, right? And you're like, holy shit, right. that movie's amazing. And then you'll do like three weeks of like, who boy, but you know, hey, it's Shutter, so I support. I watch every Thursday, Friday yeah. night. You get your double features with Joe Bob, right? There is this communal aspect. We're all on Twitter. We're all laughing at what he says. It feels like you're hanging out with your buddies again on the Saturday night after the video store. That's yeah. what we've lost as a movie audience. Totally. Because now it's I have to race to the theater Thursday night so I can tell everyone at work that I saw Captain Marvel 3 before they did and how it connects to the bigger universe. Yep. It's a more looking into yourself aspect, right? Whereas I'm hoping, and that's the sad thing, is I don't feel like Fear Street had any traction in my social media circles. At the 4th of July party, I was like, hey, has anyone seen this Fear Street? And they're like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, boy, that's not good. Right? Because a bunch of them were like horror movie watchers uh, and just had no idea. So I don't know if this experiment will work. I think it was a very successful movie. I think the layering of the mythology on top of the just effective teen horror movie, I'm super excited to get my questions answered that I, Same. you know, pose to you guys. I wish I'm hoping yeah. by the third one, there's like a big group of us, right? That we're all fucking excited. And it's like just a buzz for that whole weekend. Yeah. That's what I think the movie experience should become now, man. Netflix is also just like not great about, and I am just ripping on Netflix. I, it's just like a company, you know, which is whatever, but like, they're just not really great at like advertising their stuff. I mean, I remember yeah. like Oxygen, Oxygen came out, and I know it's a French language film, but like Alex Aja just made Crawl, which was like a huge. I mean, it was a huge financial success, and he's making it with like a like you know a like triple A like French superstarlet, and just then like the day it came out, I remember just like it's nowhere on the home screen. And like, I know it's curated, but I'm like the exact person that you would curate that to. Yeah. 
and like I can't find it anywhere. Right. I have to like type it in to find it the day it comes out. It's like that's so sh it's so stupid. It's like every time I spend... have to type something in on a streaming service, I feel so personally attacked. I <laughs> and also to your point, I love him as well. I didn't even know that movie existed. <laughs> so that's, Me neither. I had never even heard of that. There it is, right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Boom! Alex Aja has a has a new movie, and it's it's really good. It's probably one of his best movies. It's fantastic, and it's on Netflix, and you can find it buried in the fucking algorithm somewhere. <laughs> and it seriously, it's just like it's it's like these things. There's no weight to them. It doesn't matter. Say what you will about, and I, I don't even think it's necessarily like a streaming problem like you said you watch the shutter originals i get on hbo max and i immediately see what the new things on hbo max are it's fucking yep. great i know exactly what's new where it where it is and I'm, I'm i'm you know i go to hbo max i always watch stuff on hbo max it's, it's a great service same with fucking uh hulu i i love hulu and it it i feel like i i see their new stuff netflix really just needs to get their fucking thing together because i think they're just they are the company that's producing content where some of these right. other companies are still making films. I think films. I think the biggest problem Netflix has is actually that they don't know what to like that homepage is a mess. Like oh yeah. Days where things premiere, they have no idea what they're trying to premiere. Like I, I, I agree. Like there's been movies that I know have premiered on there that I've been buried in the algorithm. Yeah. Knowing full well, like, I know this is tailored to me. And they're not, like, the big splash either. Like, even Fear Street, honestly, like, halfway through the day disappeared from the top of the list. And I'm like, what's going on? No, Fear Street was consumed on social media by people talking about some movie on Netflix where they saw some guy's massive dong. Nice. It was, like, some, like, romance movie. And it's like, oh, my God, you saw this guy's huge dick. That was everywhere and not Fear Street. <laughs> like, the inundating the of content, they never know what to like actually like push. And I think that's like the bigger issue is like from a marketing standpoint, the company has a bigger issue of not understanding what valued assets they have. Like they have all this IP, but Griffey and I talked about this a long time ago, like back when we were doing Longbox, is Netflix is essentially the Walmart $5 bin at this point. Yeah. Like we all yep. go dig for movies but that's the problem is we have to dig. Like, yeah. I shouldn't have to dig for an Alex Aja movie. Like, no. I sh it should be tailored to my... The whole point of algorithms is yeah. to algorithmically show me what I want. The best like, streamer, the best streamer by far, and, and I will, you know, they don't have a ton of content, but I will, like, I would stand behind it, is Apple. Apple Apple TV has every, every single one of their shows. I know when the new shows are coming out, and every yep. single one of them is of, like, they do a fantastic job. It's it's always there. I always knew what's coming in, and it's all of like a really high quality. Even their lesser stuff, like I don't love Cherry, but like that's like the guys that the Avengers, you know, with a Tom Holland movie. Like mm -hmm. it's still, and I think that the fact that Scorsese and some of these guys are moving towards Apple and Amazon is because like I don't think. I think that Apple is making movies and they're using their platform as a streamer to sort of be like, okay, cool. We have infinite money supply. Like let's make weird shit and right. put it on the stream service. But like, we still actually want to get behind this shit. You know, I mean, yeah. I was watching losing Alice on there, which is a great show. And it's like, I would never would have watched that normally, but like, yeah. it was a great, great trailer. It looked flashy and cool. We should do one of these for each of the Fear Streets and then rag on Netflix on all three. <laughs> <laughs> all 
come come with your gripes for Netflix. Once every- again, Netflix, you fucked us, but here no, we are. Let's, so let's bring this back, though, to Fear Street. <laughs> now that we fucking ragged on Netflix. Also, Netflix, get your fucking shit together. Get your but, shit together, but Ted Zarandos. Right? Hire this me. Is, this is the fuck. Yeah, hire all three of us. I'll just be the guy that watches TV. I'm like, niche, niche, out. And I'll throw every show out after a pilot. And I'll clean everyone's list. But here, so this is the thing, though. This is exactly what I've been dying for since that day in college. When I remember, I used to have to fucking read shit in magazines back then, right? Yep. The After Dark Horror Fest. Eight movies, yep. one weekend. I was so fucking excited. I was trying to block out plans. I didn't drink Friday because I needed to get three movies in Friday because I knew <laughs> I had to drink Saturday. Like, I was arranging my life as a kid around these movies. And to Josh's point, they were not exceptional movies, but they were exceptional to me because I knew everyone in those theaters, right? And when I saw you at the fourth movie, I knew we were, like, in yeah. it together, right? And it fucking yeah. mattered. And I still remember most of those movies pretty well. And when that just didn't work for them, I guess. And then I think they did again, a second one and it disappeared. I've been saying for years, why can we not do that? Why can we not cluster? Here are four wizard of Oz themed horror movies, right? Easter weekend go. I've been wanting something like this because the film festival circuit is so bloated. Now it's so hard to travel, especially last year. Right. And you're going to see more of this, you know, virtual festivals and this and that. I'm hoping that the model of the future is here. We've made an awesome movie, right, with these amazing young actors. It's got this really wild mythology. Tune in next week and see how we can expand it. I think there's something really here. And I'm hoping that it isn't just this useless cry into the infinite void that is social media (laughs) and streaming. Because I think this, if it was a real success, I would fucking love to get these little horror movie series. Like, you know, something that's struggling, Hellraiser, right? Instead of making Mm -hmm. Hellraiser Judgment or whatever the 15th one is that's terrible, hey, here's a little fucking three-movie run of Hellraisers that's going to get you back in, right? Right. I hope this model takes – I fucking love Fear Street, man. And to me, it's a wild success. I've been waiting for this movie and this kind of an event for a long time. I'll quickly quickly tell you, just like as a Hellraiser fan, you're going to be really stoked in the next two years. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'll keep my but, nipple clamps on just in case. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely, I, I definitely think I, I am going to be there day one. Uh, this what today's Monday, probably Friday night, not Thursday night. I don't want to watch things at two a.m. or whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah, fr- Friday night, I will, I will get off work and I will go home and I will sit down with a tub of popcorn and I will watch this. And just like stranger things like and I, I people like to rag on stranger things i think stranger things is fun as shit i'm yep. so excited for season four i i'm just excited to have something fun that is like that's like the, the the thing of the summer and for me like this is this occupies that so i'm there yeah alex final thoughts what did you love about fear street I mean, what's there not to love? Like, it's a fucking blast. Like, needle drops. I, I mean, there's some just killer tracks. No, honestly, it's um, incubus. It's <laughs> if that doesn't show up and set. Yeah. If the I don't get fucking lack of hoobastank, really. If I don't get oh, if I don't get some sweet OG incubus in '78, I'd be sad. Oh, um, like Hillicus. Like I'm talking enjoy incubus shit. No, um, honestly, like. 
Fear Street 94 was so cool because it did not lean into nostalgia like I think you kind of expect it to. I really, really loved that. It stands on its own. It stands on its own as a movie just in general. Like, it does not... Like, there's a lot of, like, nostalgia movies that have come out that, like, lay down sort of their own, like, nostalgia armor. So you're like, oh, well, it kind of sucks because it's supposed to be doing that. Like, no. This movie does not have any of that shit. There's none of those gimmicks. It has the bread slicer kill, which is one of the coolest fucking kills Amazing. I've seen in recent years. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it drags a little uh, towards the end, but it doesn't take away the fact that I thought the movie was a fucking blast. And I mean, like, I sat in my I sat in my fucking living room eating popcorn, watching a fucking horror movie. Like, what more do you need? It was brand new. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it. Join us next week. We'll be talking about Fear Street 2, 1978. Eight. 1978. Uh, we're going to camp with Fear Street. Uh, you guys will hear the normal episode, 12 Monkeys Thursday, Fear Street next week, Patreon next week, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. So stay up on the movies, guys. Lots of fun Ooh. stuff. Uh, thank you for joining us so much, Josh. Hello. From my Italian villa. Yeah, from your. Thanks for making the time from your. From your palatial estate, <laughs> from the set for the sequel to "Call Me by Your Name." Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace.